I'm just upfront with them and honest. That's just how I am and probably how I'll always be. Um, sometimes they don't like it. Some I don't care. Sometimes they do like it. I don't care about that either. It, it takes a lot. It takes a different kind of man to take responsibility. And uh, we're a team. I don't want them to take full responsibility because we all play a part in that. I remember especially playing against John Randall. Yeah. John Randall, of course, is always known for moving his mouth. Um, there, there were times where John Randall would, you know, would talk with so much smack, and then I would turn around and look at him and give him that look like, are you really talking? And he's like, hey, man, I'm just, I'm just trying to get you guys riled up. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Minnesota Vikings podcast with your host, Mike Wabshaw and Chris Corso. All right, everyone, welcome back. It's another episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm your host, Wabi, coming to you from TCO Studios in Egan. Bummed out from the Week 2 loss to the Green Bay Packers, but pumped up for Week 3 and a date with the Oakland Raiders at U.S. Bank Stadium Sunday at noon. More on that Vikings-Raiders game coming up in the show. We're actually going to speak with someone from the Raiders radio network. He's the analyst, works alongside alongside Brent Musburger. His name is Lincoln Kennedy, a former first-round pick of the Atlanta Falcons, traded to the Oakland Raiders, ended up being like a two-time All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler for the Oakland Raiders along the offensive line and went to a Super Bowl there and played for John Gruden. So we're going to have him on the podcast later on to get all the info on this week's opponent, the Oakland Raiders. But first, let's bring in Chris Corso, who's going to walk us through the digestion process of losing a border battle, which really, really stinks. We hate losing, and we double hate losing border battles. What's up, Chrissy? Yeah, that was a really frustrating loss. Um, You're still feeling it on a Wednesday as we turn the page, but the best thing to do is turn the page. You know what? I'm not feeling it anymore. You're not feeling it anymore? That's good. All right, I'm going to forget about it. No, the Raiders are coming here to whoop our ass. I'm going to forget about it. So we got to turn the page and get ready for these Raiders. I'll forget about it right now. we, we had Kirk Cousins on under center this week, yeah. obviously, and he talked about it and digested it. Then he he addresses the media today, and he's ready to turn the page. Yeah. I'm ready to turn the page right. as well. Let's turn it so right we're all No, we can't. We can't. we got to help everyone else get through it. Just okay? a little, well, a little, little this, these, these border battle losses, they stick with some people longer than others, and the fans really care. The fans are listening. So let's let's help the healing process here by, by letting the fans hear from some of their favorite Vikings. And we're going to... Listen, the Vikings were down 21-0, dead and buried at Lambeau Field. But I thought no, the game was over. No, the game was not over. It because was not. Mike Zimmer's teams don't go away. They keep fighting. And this team kept fighting, and it worked its way back and got it to be a five-point game because of some big-time plays from Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins and Stephon Diggs. Unfortunately, it was a mistake by the quarterback in the uh, late stages of the fourth quarter with an interception in the end zone that daggered uh, our best chance to complete the comeback. The good news is, ain't no one in this building giving up on the quarterback. In fact, here's one of our best players, Stephon Diggs, talking about Kirk Cousins. I just know uh, from even my point of view and my perspective, being a receiver is hard in itself. You need a lot of things to go right. Uh, Just the whole play needs to go right for you to get the ball. And you can't imagine how it is to be a quarterback and the amount of things that they go through mentally and for preparation and everything that go out there just to try to be successful. So in a game like that, when he was, uh, I wouldn't say a down day, but, you know, things aren't going perfect. You know, we got to pick them up and we got to be the guys that uh, be give that give that positive energy and that thing they need so we can have success as, a, as an offense because at the end of the day, uh, that's all that matters. 
How do you feel, Scott, about the way that Kirk yeah. took ownership and you know pointed the finger at himself after the game and said, "Hey, he was responsible for some of those bad throws." It's uh, it's, it, it takes a lot. It takes a different kind of man to take responsibility, and uh, we're a team. You know, I don't want him to take full responsibility because we all played a part in that. We all we are pieces of the puzzle, like I said, and uh, him taking full responsibility. You know, it's the it's a quarterback thing to do. You know, he's our leader. He's a guy that's leading this team. But at the end of the day, it's not all his fault. It's that everybody's included. Everybody could play better. Everybody can do things better. We had a chance to win the game. We didn't do enough to get it done as a unit. And so it's not all on Kirk. Love hearing that from uh, a veteran on the team, a key contributor on the team, sticking up for uh, for the quarterback and trying to take some of the blame himself. So um, lo- that, that's leadership right there. And uh, and I like hearing that from Stefan Dick. Speaking of leadership, the leader of the team is the head coach, Mike Zimmer. He was asked an interesting question at his uh, weekly Wednesday press conference. He was asked if anything is different or if he does anything differently with the team after they lose a rivalry game. Here's what the head coach said. Yeah, um, <laughs> I usually say what I think, say what I'm, you know, what I believe, um, whatever that is, and um, so. I did. I say what I think and, you know, what we have to do to improve and um, areas that we all need to get better at. And I'm just upfront with them and honest. That's just how I am and probably how I'll always be. Um, sometimes they don't like it. Some I don't care. Sometimes they do like it. I don't care about that either. Okay, so the final stages here of uh, recovery of, of recovering from this loss. We want to hear. Uh, we asked to hear from you guys, the fans, via the fan voicemail feature on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Tell us some of your stories that you have with neighbors, friends, family about the Green Bay rivalry, rooting against the Packers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So let's get to some fan voicemails. Here's number one. Hey, Wabi and Chris, Vikings fan Aaron from Green Bay. Um, cool topic about the uh, best border battle ever for me. FB98. Um, I was living in Watertown at the time. I had met my wife there. She was from Michigan, but she's a huge Packer fan. And we got married, and we were uh, making friends and, and whatever, and people at my work obviously were huge Packer fans. Packers coming off back-to-back Super Bowl runs. And uh, so um, both teams start out 4-0 and uh, get a call from, from a friend. And, hey, we're at a big part, Packer party. Um, I know you're going to be in purple, but you can come if you want to. And I showed up, and it was awesome. Randy Moss just lit him up, and I was the only one having any fun. And it was so funny. Everybody was basically glum and sitting on their hands, and, and I had a great time. So awesome memory. Skull bikes. I'm not surprised our friend Aaron from Green Bay had a good story for this. You know, I, mean, I knew Aaron from Green yeah. Bay was going to chime in on the Packer-Viking yeah. rivalry, holding it down over yeah, there. That's awesome. Thanks, Aaron. Okay, voicemail number two. Hey, guys, you are Absolutely awesome. I love listening to you. You can be so pumped every single week. Rick from Rochester, New York. This one's epic. My buddy, good friend, huge Packer fan, our entire lives, back and forth, back at it. And unfortunately, I have not been able to beat this one. I uh, work very early in the morning. I get up at 6 a.m. I go to work at 6 a.m., so I get up at 5 a.m., and I'm walking out to my car, and I hear a buzzing. And it's kind of like a fan noise. And I glance over my shoulder, and it's, you know, obviously dark that early in the morning. And there's about a 15-foot Green Bay Packer blow-up guy in my front yard. Lit up with lights and everything. And in the middle of the night, he and a few of his buddies came and tied it up and took the fan up. You know what I'm talking about, the kind of 
floats around there. And, yeah, so I woke up to a huge packer in my front yard. Uh, so needless to say, I, I took a pin and popped that rather quickly. <laughs> but I can't, I've never been able to get them back. I don't know how to top that. So keep it up. You guys are awesome. Talk to you later. Bye. It takes a lot of effort to uh, put a big packer blow up in someone's front yard, whether it's early at in the morning or late at night. I mean, that's pretty good. That's an awful way to wake up, by the way. Yeah, Jeez. I mean, I think I'd rather be hung over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would be. All right. Number three. Lobby, Chris, this is Key Mitchell calling all the way from Flint, Michigan. I wanted to talk to you guys about one of the memorable Packers, Vikings games I've watched in my lifetime. Now, my best friend since I was 14 years old, since the ninth grade, freshman year of high school, has been a Packers diehard fan since we met. And I was actually the best man at his wedding. We have been roommates. And I remember one of the first times of us watching a Vikings-Packers game together was a 2004 playoff wild card game when Randy Moss caught that touchdown and he mooned the Packers crowd. That was one of the best feelings and best moments of my friendship with my Packers friend. And I loved every moment of it. And instantly since then, I've been talking crap to the Packers, those cheeseheads, ever since then. I can't wait for this Sunday. Skull. Yeah, unfortunately, this Sunday didn't go our way. No. Like that Randy Moss mooning. But yeah. uh, I, I think we'll get him later on. Yeah, I think we will too. And that's what I, one thing I said to a couple of people. The better I, team lost. I was like, I wish we played Green Bay this Sunday again at home. Do you that's know what, what I wish. Do you know how many people I've talked to about this past game that say, I didn't egg them on to say it. But they said the better team lost the game. Well, I, I mean, that's what I that's feel. What ir- that's, that's what irks me. Yeah, that's why it hurts. Yeah. But listen, that's what I feel and believe. But guess what? They won. So, yeah, they won. you know, they, they, would, they, would have, they would take contention with that. You know, they would say the, the best team wins and we won. And they get the bragging rights and they get the win in the standings for now. But we get another crack at them later in the season. Hopefully that game will be of consequence because that would mean we're still in it to win it on, in week 16. That's when Green Bay comes to U.S. Bank Stadium. Guess what Green Bay has never done? In U.S. Bank won Stadium. Won at U.S. Bank Stadium. They have never won at U.S. Bank Stadium, so we look to keep that going. But we got lots of business to get to before then. Now, for next week's fan voicemail topic, you can call in and leave us a voicemail. I got that number right here for you. 952-918-8438. 952-918-8438. Here's the topic. We got John Gruden coming to town with the Oakland Raiders. I'm a big John Gruden guy. I love the guy. You're a Gruden guy? I love him. He was great on Monday Night Football, great in the production meetings when he would come to Winter Park or we'd meet with him at, a, at our team hotel on the road. Awesome guy. Um, loves football. You can see his passion uh, for the game. And so I like that about him. So I've been looking forward to this game all uh, since the schedule came out. Um, you know, I've been looking forward to Week Three, and and I knew that we played the Raiders obviously because of the scheduling formula. So I, I knew this was going to be a cool game. It's John Gruden and the Raiders, so I'm, I was excited for that. So here's the topic for next week. Got to take the first three weeks out of the equation. Those games don't count. What game, because of a personality or a person on the opposing team, are you most looking forward to this season? Great topic. Is it maybe Kansas City? The Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes. That could be it. Um, is it the Redskins because Adrian, Adrian Peterson, Peterson and Case Keenum are coming back? What is it? Is it? Um, are you looking forward to seeing Russell Wilson on Monday night in Seattle? 
Something. Tell us what you're looking forward, which Vikings game you're looking forward to watching because of someone or some personality on the opposing team. 952-918-8438 is the number. Leave us a voicemail. And if you have a question or thoughts on anything else, you can drop that in that voicemail box as well. And if, if Chrissy thinks it's worth putting in the show, he will do so. Speaking of John Gruden... You are with Kirk Cousins every single week for Under Center with Kirk Cousins, hosted by Mark Rosen and Kirk Cousins. And I understand that uh, because of the conversation that you guys had right here in this room, uh, taping that, that uh, Kirk had something kind of cool to say about my guy, John Gruden. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, We made sure to ask Kirk Cousins about how he feels about John Gruden. He played for his brother, Jay Gruden, for a number of years in Washington, and he actually has a really good relationship with John Gruden as well. Um, attended his QB camp coming out of Michigan State as a young quarterback. Loved it so much that he decided to go back. Yes, I have. Um, obviously playing in Washington with his brother as the head coach. Um, you know, he would come and watch practice a little bit in the spring, which was great to have him around. And then uh, did the Gruden QB camp when I was coming out of college and had the chance to spend a, an afternoon with him, both throwing at a local school and watching film, which was really cool. Um, he really studies and knows his stuff around the league. But then uh, as I got further in my career, I believe it was maybe 2013 or 2014, uh, I just thought, uh, why not go back down and see him? And so I went down there to Tampa where he was basically doing all of his, you know, that was home base for him and doing all his Monday night football preparation. He has a full film room there. And I thought, you know, he's a guy who wants to coach. Why not go wear him out and see how interested he'd be in, in coaching me up from what he saw from a distance. So really for, I think, three off seasons in a row, I went down there and spent time with him for a couple of days. And my last year doing that actually brought some teammates. And it was just really, really positive. He's a great motivator. Um, because he studies the game so well, he had a lot of good thoughts for me. And I found that those Days I spent with him were very impactful on my development as a QB as I came up in this league. Go! Let's go, Kirk. Three steps. Let's go, Kirk. Next ball. Five. Go. Next ball. Let's go. Three steps. Good. Yeah, no, anytime. Appreciate I hope it. I can help you sometime down the road. Maybe one of these days I can get back in a game and coach you. Does he do that much homework on every individual that he, he meets? He really I've seen does. A series of those pieces that yeah, he's done. Yeah, he really does. He studies the league. He gets in there early. Um, you know, there's stories about him being in there at three thirty or four a.m. But he's the real deal. I mean, he's in there early uh, to prep for Monday Night Football each week. He studies the entire league. Obviously, studies the games that he was calling and announcing. But uh, in the offseason, he studies the college tape. You know, he, he watched all the potential draft picks. And so I remember we were there one, one offseason, and he pulled up. Uh, he said, I got a cut up for you. You'll never believe this, but I want you to watch this guy, Patrick Mahomes. He said, I really? got this cut up of him from Texas Tech. He said, I don't know if his game's going to translate to the NFL or not, but when you look at what his arm talent is, he goes, I've never seen anything like this before. And we watched about 10 to 15 throws, and it was just unbelievable. But you realize. John had to go back and really watch a lot of football to pare it down to these 10 or 15 throws that he had cut up. And so um, he knows his stuff. He's a grinder. And, um, I, you know, he's played a big role in my development as a player. And, and uh, now we got to go out against his team and, and get a victory. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, the fact that he brought up that Patrick Mahomes reference was cool. Um, the little bite that you heard of them working out and said, yeah. maybe I'll coach you someday. Now he's going against them. He also went against that guy, Patrick Mahomes, last week 
John Gruden yeah. did and got beat. Mahomes got the best. Yeah, best he got of beat him, pretty yeah. bad. So yeah. I guess he was right about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. All right. Um. And again, that's under center with Kirk Cousins, hosted by Mark Rosen and Kirk Cousins. Chris is in the room to help produce that. You can catch that on Tuesday nights from six to seven p.m. on FM one hundred point three, the Fan, and then it's a podcast, so you can catch it in on-demand fashion. The Vikings at Vikings.com, KFAN.com, or however you like to get your podcasts. You can find under center. With Kirk Cousins, we had a guest uh, this week on the on, on Center. Yeah, Fran Tarkenton. I a understand. Pretty good Vikings quarterback. Yeah, and Fran is like he got off on the right foot with Kirk Cousins. I understand. Yeah, they they really did. Um, they got to spend some time together in the off season in Atlanta. That is where Fran lives now. Um, that is also where Kirk Cousins' wife um, is from. So Kirk spent some time down there in Atlanta mm-hmm. and. Kirk took it upon himself um, to go seek some advice from Fran. Mm-hmm. And Fran liked that. Fran really appreciated All that. All right, let's take a listen. Five-hour stint with NFL Films today telling stories about my, my generation. I could take them all the way down to the Bronco Nagurskis and, and Otto Grahams and, and the people that played in the 30s and the, and the 40s. And, and I made the point to him that the, I probably wouldn't have made it in pro football without great coaching and great mentoring, not only from mm-hmm. – the coaches I played for, like Bud Grant, but you know, I, I learned from Sid Luckman, a Hall of Fame quarterback, an autogram Hall of Fame quarterback. Why he took a Hall of Fame quarterback? Because I constantly looked them up and constantly asked questions and so forth. And if I didn't have that mentoring, I wasn't open to that kind of coaching. I probably wouldn't have had a career. Hmm. And, yeah. and I and I told them in the in the thing today that the only quarterback since I have retired a hundred years ago that's ever come to me to ask for any advice was Kurt Cousins six months ago. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I heard that, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm including that in the Minnesota Vikings podcast because I want it to be heard as many times as yeah. possible. Everyone's tough on Kirk after making that, that bad uh, decision in that last uh, moment there. He'll admit it to you. Everyone will admit it to you, but – this guy is—he's got a good head on his shoulders, and yeah. and he's our quarterback. So let's 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 cool it down and let's yeah. support him through the season. And I, we're two games in, and fourteen I got, games to go. I got a good feeling about this uh, this matchup with the Oakland Raiders on Sunday at US Bank Stadium too. I got a good feeling for the passing game. Now Dalvin Cook in the running game—they have a they have a tough matchup because the Raiders number two in the NFL at stopping the run. They are not number two in the NFL at stopping the pass. They they are not. No, they indeed are not. In fact. Um, in week one, the Denver Broncos' top uh, tandem at, at wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland, Cortland Sutton, Sutton. Yep. 12 catches for 206 yards and one touchdown. Last week, bunch of Kansas City the Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs, 1-2 tandem. Miko Hardman. Not Tyreek Hill. Yeah, DeMarc- yeah, Demarcus Robinson, I think his name is. 12 catches, 221 yards and two touchdowns for the 1-2 tandem in Kansas City. That does not include... Travis Kelsey's seven catches for 107 yards and one touchdown. So these there Raiders. There was also like a 70 yard touchdown to Miko Hardman that yeah. got called back on a holding. Oh, was penalty. there really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so these Raiders having a tough time stopping the pass. So they're fixing that this week in Oakland, and they're going to try and bring those corrections here to Minnesota, and we'll see if Kirk Cousins and company can respond and take it to these Oakland Raiders, or if the Oakland Raiders' pass defense is going to be a game. That'll be a fun matchup to watch. Let's talk more about those Oakland Raiders, and to do that, we bring in Raiders radio network analyst Lincoln Kennedy to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. What's up, Lincoln? 
Not much, man. Just uh, you know, living the days that, that come before the game, as you know, as we do every week. I know, and we we just we pine for these days when it's like really busy <laughs> in training camp and the preseason, and everything has no routine to it, and you feel like you're super busy. We look forward to these routine days in the NFL, you know. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, with the with the days that go by when you have transactions in the NFL, whether it's roster moves or game changes, you know, we in the media have to prepare for everything that's going to come up next, but we can never know for sure until we see teams on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I got a bunch of questions that we want to ask you about the game, but I got to start with a couple things first. First of all, you, uh, I envy something that you get to do, and that is work alongside Brent Musburger, who is someone I listened to <laughs> growing up and Legend. still listen to today. And every time I go to Las Vegas, I take a stop at the South Point Casino and I stop by and see Uncle Brent because he's one of my favorites and I love him. How is it working with Brent? No doubt he's a legend, and it's it's absolutely surreal if you can imagine um, when you look over to your left or right, whatever you know paradigm we're in, is the fact that you, you're working with somebody who's been synonymous in the league for as long as he has. Mm-hmm. It, it really is a dream come true. More importantly, I, I never stop learning. So I'm sucking up everything that he's doing throughout the game, but more importantly, he's a great friend, he's a good man, and, uh, and it's a pleasure to be with him. That's pretty cool. Now, you were a first-round pick in 93, played for Atlanta and Oakland, and Oakland is where uh, you had a ton of success. You were a three-time Pro Bowler, a two-time All-Pro. I want to ask you, put you on the spot a little bit, any memories playing against the Vikings? Any memories being at the Metrodome, or um, any anything that Vikings fans listening to right now would would be able to reflect back on, and, and they might also remember the same thing. I remember especially playing against John Randall. Yeah, and John Randall, is, of course, was always known for moving his mouth, and, and there were so <laughs> many times where yeah we 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 would have battles, of course, you know, pronounced defensive lineman and of course offensive lineman myself. Um, there, there were times where John Randall would be, you know, would talk so much smack, and then I would turn around, and look at him, and give him that look like, "Are you really talking?" And he's like, "Hey, man, I'm just, I'm just trying to get you guys riled up." <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> it's awesome. The way that I do things. So, uh, John Randall, you know, notoriously was a was a, was a good friend. And he still is a good friend of mine. Um, but but I remember him explicitly playing back in, in against the Vikings in the back in the days of the past. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's whenever NFL Films has something mic'd up and it's John Randall, always a must listen to. So now <laughs> now we can True take story. yeah we can take a look back now and see if there's any of those uh, those Oakland Raiders games in that footage and see if we can find you somewhere. Certainly. Yeah. Um, what's this Raiders offensive line going to look like, Lincoln, on Sunday? Because I'm looking at it and I think they got some pretty good players. And if I'm not mistaken, a really good players coming back and Richie Incognito this week. So it looks like the Raiders might be pretty good up front. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that, that that's the case. I mean, the fact is that you never know what you have until you see it. Richie Incognito had missed the first two games because due to suspension, um, but he's back into the whole fold late, late, you know, lately. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is that Trent Brand got beat up a little bit last week, uh, the right tackle, um, the, the guards, have been sort of a plug-and-play type of thing with Levy and uh, Debbie and Good. Um, so you never know what you're going to have. But I'm hoping that this whole offensive line, is, as much as, as you mentioned, is good um, because the thing is is that um, the Raiders really need to have some to be able to create some separation, some security packages for, for Derek Carr um, at, at quarterback 
and of course be able to get the run again started with Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, in in week 1 Lincoln, we played at US Bank Stadium for the home and season opener and we played the Falcons. I'm sure you've watched that game back as you've prepped for right. this game. Yeah. And you know, you saw that the Vikings got off to a fast start, three and out on defense, block punt, touchdown two plays later. Before you knew it, it was 21 nothing and eventually it got to be 28 nothing. And I'm not saying Atlanta shut it down at all. I would not insult them in that way. I think they played hard the whole game. But you know how hard it is when you get in a hole like that to get your way back on the road. Now, how do you think the Raiders avoid that slow start on the road at at U.S. Bank Stadium? And I ask it also because we got off to a slow start at Green Bay last week, too. So it's, it's an easy thing to have happen to you on the road. How do you envision the Raiders avoiding that? You know, the best thing to do when you're trying to establish a presence is to have balance. Mm. Be able to call runs and and passes equally the same. And I think that's what John Gruden is going to try to do with this offense this week. You know, last week, you know, playing against Kansas City, the fact is that you want to try to possess the clock, uh, control the ball, because you want to possess the, the, the time of possessions as you're going down the field. And unfortunately, you know, for the second quarter, you went against the Beast and Patrick Holmes. So I think the Raiders are going to try to do much of the same when they come to um, controlling the clock. You want to try to establish a run, of course, get those those first those time downs by the short passing game and Derek Carr. You don't want to open up too much because you want to you you, you want to try to meticulously big down go down the field and big and and um and control the and, and control the clock. Mm-hmm. So um, as I said, more more importantly, you want to try to get you know big possessions off the of first down, second down, and make third down manageable. Two players that could really uh, play a big role for you guys are two rookies, and they fascinate me. Um, and, Hunt, and, and Hunter Renfro in the slot, as well as Josh Jacobs coming out of the backfield. What can you tell Vikings fans about the skills that these two rookies have? They obviously haven't seen him before. You didn't see much of them in preseason. You didn't, see, you didn't see much of them in the first two games. But they're trying to get a conscious effort to get him, to, to get him the ball. But uh, as far as Josh Jacobs, the running back, well, you see a little bit of, uh, of uh, you know adjustment with him. He's part of the the man run game, power game, as well as the zone uh, run game. So um, you should see a little bit more of Josh Jacobs than you are of Hunter Renfro. But they're trying to they're trying to get Hunter the ball as quickly as possible. What was it like having hard knocks at training camp? Obviously, all all of us we watch shows like that. And what's it like for? the team itself dealing with that and dealing with the Antonio Brown drama and him obviously leaving. What, what was that like for the team? Well, I mean, I guess you can summarize about by saying this, that, you know, when you look at the final product, everybody was focused on number 84, Antonio Brown, but it never came to fruition because he was never really, he never really played as a Raider. So, um, you know, when you say what, what it's like as a distraction, there were cameras every place you went, every place you turned. But more importantly, the players didn't really notice it. They were kind of out of the way. So you kind of did what you did on a daily basis. But I think when it's all said and done, the fact that the, the Raiders had some say into the final cut uh, really helped them. Um, more importantly, it added to the story that is synonymous with the Oakland Raiders. But for the most part, it, it really wasn't much much to do about out of the normal business because when you look at it, it didn't seem anything that was out of the extraordinary, except the fact that you saw 84 doing his own thing more times than not. Mm-hmm. So, but he's mm-hmm. on with the team, so they moved on, by, you know, behind them. Yeah. What um, one the last one for me, Lincoln, I have is the familiarity that is gonna or that does exist with 
Raiders defensive coordinator Paul Gunther and our head coach Mike Zimmer. So, yeah. I mean, because you know they they coach together. You you've been a player in these meeting rooms and 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 going over right. the game plan. What is that like when there is sort of that that extra level of familiarity? Like, how do you what? Right. How do you avoid that? How do you use that to your advantage? How do you avoid letting the other team have an advantage? Is do we overplay that Lincoln, or do you think that is a thing in this matchup? No, no. You know, in the modest, it's, it's a great point. I think we do overplay it, but the fact is that you know coaches are like what we call chess players. Mm-hmm. When they have new pieces on the board, they want to try to utilize them as best as possible. And Paul's not there really didn't have any new pieces until he came to Oakland, and of course he had his last draft last year. Now. Jonathan Abram is one of those pieces where you know who's been on the free safety, who's been down in the, on the the um, the, uh, the drunk uh, you know, on, on the on the process mm-hmm. on the process where he's you know longer a player, um, but the fact is is that you've got these new pieces, you've got these new toys, and every kid wants to always play with his new toys as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I agree so with when that. You look at when you look at Abram and you look at you know what you know Paul Gunther and everything he's trying to do. He's trying to play with his new pieces as much as possible. So here's the thing that Viking fans have to look for when they come up against the, the Oakland Raiders. You want to try to figure out where is Arden Key come into place, where does Cleveland Farrell come into place. You want to come with P.J. Hall, all the new pieces that he's had since Paul Gunther has been the defensive coordinator of Oakland Raiders and figure out how they're going to play an advantage in this game and if they're going to be an advantage for the Oakland Raiders in this game. But you never know until you get on the field. Yeah. The last player I want to ask you about is Vontez Perfect in the middle. Obviously, he's the captain of the defense. He calls the plays. He knows Mike Zimmer's defense. How do you see him playing um, in this game? And, and obviously, he has such a familiar he, – he knows both Gunther and Mike Zimmer. Well, here's the thing. For the sake of Paul Gunther, he's playing a part like almost like a quarterback for the offense. He calls the plays. He gets everybody lined up. The first game, he was um, he he was a gangor. Uh, more importantly, I think he finished with like seven tackles for the night on against Denver last week. It was a little bit of a little bit more of a of attrition, if you will. The fact that he was running around the field and, and trying to stay on the field as much as possible. So against the Vikings, the thing is, is going to have to be try to figure out what Dalvin Cook is lined up. Try to stop this run offense that the Poland Vikings have, and more importantly. Try to get everybody lined up right to, to stop Kirk Cousins and his command of this offense. So he's the quarterback of the defense. He's going to be big this weekend as as we come into the game. But more importantly, he's going to, to try to get everybody lined up and moving fast as, as 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 most defenses like to do. All right, man. I know there's more we could talk about, especially with you, uh, because you uh, <laughs> you know so much and you're with the team all the time. But we'll have to save that for Sunday at US Bank Stadium. I'm going to make sure to come uh-huh. find you and Brent. Okay, Lincoln. Absolutely. All right. Congratulations on a great on a great career and uh, continued success with the with the Raiders and uh, the Pac-12 and Fox Sports Radio and all that stuff you're doing. It looks like you're doing a great job. We appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Lincoln. Thanks, man. I look forward to it. Okay. Yep. Bye bye. Okay. Our thanks to Lincoln Kennedy. If you liked what you heard from Lincoln and you want to uh, follow someone good and, and informative on Twitter leading up to the Vikings Raiders game, you can find Lincoln on Twitter at L Kennedy 72 at L Kennedy 72. And I mean it when I said it, I'm going to the corner of the press box at us bank stadium on Sunday 
and I'm finding my friend, Uncle Brent Musburger and Lincoln. Make sure I can shake hands with Lincoln because that was good stuff. Okay. Uh, one thing that Lincoln uh, talked about a lot was Paul Gunther, and Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer was asked about Paul Gunther earlier in the week, so this is a good time to play that sound. In some things, we have enough variation that he hasn't seen because, uh, you know, I haven't been with him in six years. So we have some variations that we do that different wrinkles here and there that we do. But at the end of the day, it's about stopping their offense and not worrying about their defense. And, um, you know, how how can we um, do that? And I'm sure they're doing the same thing. How are they going to defend our, our offense? So we know each other very well. Um, you know, we, we've talked defense in the offseason quite a few times. Um, you know, uh, but he's a good guy. He's a good friend. I'm good friends with his family and his kids, but um, I'm trying to beat him. Okay, final, uh, final prep on the Raiders, Chris. I think it's – it's a one-on-one team that's going to come in here with enough talented players to beat us. So it's, I agree. It's not like you know the Vikings can come in and go through the motions and win easily. It's it's they're favored by eight, and they sh- and the Vikings should win. But we, ha- we haven't talked about Derek Carr, and okay, I think that he is a very, very, very underrated quarterback. Yeah. Um, just a few years ago, he had that team almost pretty much right there in the playoffs. He playoff. was MVP yeah, candidate. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. he was right there. So, and now he has an offensive mind like John Gruden, who's calling the plays, and he looks like a whole new quarterback this year so yeah. far. So, um, I wouldn't put. I know his his targets are a little bit limited. No Antonio Brown, a bunch of rookies, young targets, but. Um, I'm keeping my eyes on him for sure. Um, and Derek Carr's got a good arm; he can make all the throws. Now his best receiver has a hip pointer, and Josh Jacobs has a groin injury. That's right. And right tackle Trent Brown, as Lincoln Kennedy pointed out, got banged up and did not finish last week's game with a knee injury. So yeah. those are three names to watch. Um, and if those guys don't play, it's a huge disadvantage for Oakland. But if those guys tough it out and play. Vikings will have a challenge when the Raiders' offense is on the field. So it's going to be a fun game. Again, it's at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday at noon on the Vikings Radio Network. Okay, let's get to our top five for today. And unfortunately, there have been a lot of injuries to some important players across the National Football League. So we thought, let's um, through two, because we've only played two games, and we got a bunch of good players not playing. So we thought, let's go top five NFL players who are currently not playing for their team. That's, I mean, there's okay. a lot. <laughs> there so, are a lot. Well, five best players who are unavailable to play right now for their teams is the subject of today's top five. And I will begin at number five. And it's a running back. Can you guess who it is? Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Still not playing for the Los Angeles Chargers, who dropped a game at Detroit last week. And this is a Chargers team, Chris, that was like 7-1 and one on the road last year. Yeah. They went I, to Detroit and lost. I was watching that game. And to the end of it, keeping my eye on it while the Vikings were trying to battle back, and I saw Philip Rivers pretty much blow a game. And I, I you, you haven't seen that too much no, lately, especially no. against a team like the Lions. No. I know they were on the road, but man, did that hurt because yeah. I hate seeing the Lions win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you are a Lions hater. I, I really I always do. forget that about you. All right, number four, uh, AJ Green. AJ Green got hurt before the season started uh, at a like a a joint practice or something in Dayton, Ohio. He's still not playing for the Bengals, so he's number four on my list. Yeah, I agree with that. A.J. Green is a stud of a talent. I don't care how old he is. I don't care how many injuries he gets. 
He's in the top five yeah. of my right. list. Number three, Big Ben. Roethlisberger hurts his elbow. I didn't see the injury. It looks to me like he got hurt during a play, then played another snap, and then came out. And then all of a sudden on Monday it was like Roethlisberger's out for the year. So I don't know what happened. It's an elbow, I think. Um, but that's that's no good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's number three on my list. Number two, your old squad. Who you got? Sam Darnold, man. Yeah, this one is, is funny because – you it's watch, not funny. You watch Monday Night Football and you see Mono and you just see him pointing at the yeah. screen and it's just so Jets. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm allowed to say that because yeah. I grew up a Jets fan, so okay. it's very Jets. Number one, Drew Brees. Number one, top five injured players or top five players not playing for their teams right now. Number one on the list, definitely Drew Brees, who is reportedly going to undergo wrist surgery this week and should be out maybe six games or more. So that's no good. Hard to Saints. argue with him being number yeah. one. All right, top, what's your list? Top passer of all time. You got any changes to that? I think mine's pretty much the same. I would keep Drew Brees at the top. I'd put Big Ben second. Okay. And then I'd put Darnold, obviously the quarterback, um, and then I'd stick the same with A.J. Green and Melvin Gordon. I think you did a pretty good job there. Right. Jalen Ramsey could probably be added to this Is list. Is he not playing? I mean, he, he requested a trade from his team, yeah. so maybe, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I hope he doesn't play for anyone in the NFC. Yeah, I agree with that. That's what I hope. Okay, I want to bring in now um, a fellow employee, but also a friend, uh, Brett Tabor, who's the executive director of Social Impact with the Vikings, and he's got a big weekend coming up. So we're going to have him on the Minnesota Vikings podcast to explain it. What's up, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. How's it going, man? Thanks for coming down here. Doing don't good. you don't love you have the a studio? Love the digs. I'm glad I can get you. down here and check it out and well, be a part of this every now and then. Don't you have a meeting or something? When don't, are, we have, when don't we have That's what I'm saying. How would you have time to get down here? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for you guys, anytime. Okay, you got a busy week, man. What's going on? Well, it's a super exciting week, and I think the biggest thing for fans to know is that this is Legends Weekend for us. Uh, it's the celebration of the NFL's 100th season, and as a part of that, we're celebrating uh, 100 years of the NFL with the Vikings here this weekend when we take on the Raiders, and we're bringing in, we have over 130 former players coming back. Wow. Oh, my. Does that take, like, forever <laughs> to get all those guys here? I mean... That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys that have played for the Vikings organization, but you know, I think the the players love that the Wilf ownership group and that the way that management here treats them, they they want to come back and be a part of this. Yeah, and so it, it's really great for them to want to come back, and and even more so, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the 1969 team that won that mm-hmm. NFL championship. Um, so that's really exciting as well, and bringing them back, recognizing them as a part of the halftime celebration for those cool. fans that are in attendance. Uh, that's going to be awesome. And we have events all week. So even if you have any fans that are out there listening, uh, they want to attend a, an event with that 1969 team. We're doing a chalk talk here at TCO Studio um, that's going to be taking place uh, on Saturday night. Cool. Tickets are still available at Vikings.com. Awesome. And Vikings.com is the place to go to find out about all the events going on over the weekend because there's more than we could probably talk about right now. So. That'd be a good spot for them to go, right? Absolutely. Now, when you say you got 130 former players coming in, all I can think of is that's a lot of skull stories. <laughs> we, we got content to create here, man. Yeah, and that's well, a lot you're of, working all weekend. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, mean, I should camp out somewhere, maybe. We can get a lot of skull stories done well, we there. already had Gene Washington on Under Center with Kirk Cousins. They actually bonded over their uh, Michigan, Michigan State, State connection, yeah, yeah. which was pretty cool. 
Gene told Kirk to watch out because there's a lot of purple people eaters that are going to chase after him if he's hanging around at yeah. one of these chalk talk events or something. Well, I mean, that's one of the special things, right? This is the first time in a long time that we've had all the four of the original purple people eaters back together. And so those guys, oh, wow. uh, you know, getting up there in age and they don't often aren't back together again. So to see all four of them together, Joe Cap back in town. Sweet. Always fun to see Joe Cap. But we got we got some more recent guys, too, that played for the Vikings fans might remember. Some guys uh, from the Rick Spielman era here. Mistral Raymond, Devin Aromashadu. Awesome. Also bringing back some names of some okay. guys, EJ Henderson. So yeah. a few of those guys back as well. So we span all generations with the players coming back to be a part of this. That's awesome. cool, man. That's awesome. Um, Brett's, you know, one of my friends, and I know him, and I know he has a meeting coming up at 3 o'clock, right? You have a meeting, I bet. <laughs> I do. You I do. do. Yep. Okay. But, again, who doesn't have meetings, right? right? So you have to go soon. Uh, but what's, um, for, for the final time, what's one place uh, folks can go to if they want to catch something spur of the moment this weekend? Like, let's say it's like, hey, I'm in town. Where, where can I go to find a cool event? Well, the best thing for that is obviously uh, we're hosting a Fantennial event uh, okay. that's going to be taking place at Mall of America on cool. Saturday. And so that event's going to be going for most of the day, uh, especially you know if you're out there anywhere kind of between you know 10 and 4 yeah. uh, at Mall of America. We have former players signing autographs, current players signing autographs. Uh, you know, KFN, our partners over there are going to be doing a live broadcast cool. from the Rotunda at Mall of America. We've got some games set up, volunteer activities, a part of the NFL Huddle for 100. A lot of great activities, easy to stop in, swing by the mall. Pick up some Vikings gear at the Vikings locker room store. Get yourself ready for game day on Sunday. And check out the experience at Mall of America for the Fantennial. you know what it does not do at Mall of America? It does not rain there. So everything will go off <laughs> without a hitch. It's supposed to rain like all weekend. Yeah, so, so you're going to be good, man. You avoided the weather. Good job. Exactly. All right, man. Thanks for coming down. Thanks, fellas. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Appreciate it. Okay, I think we got through everything, Chris. Anything else we got to do before we go? I think that's about it. I'm excited to get uh, the Vikings back on track. And uh, two and one sounds pretty good. Yeah, two and one would be good. Vikings and Raiders Sunday at noon from US Bank Stadium. You can hear the game on the Vikings Radio Network. Paul Allen, Pete Bursich in the booth. Yours truly, uh, aside them uh, to take in the action, we'll also have Greg Coleman, who will be back on the broadcast after missing last week's game because of the passing of his mother. Uh, B. Coleman. So thoughts and prayers to the Coleman family on that. And then, uh, of course, Ben Lieber will be there as well. So we're looking forward to the game. The Minnesota Vikings podcast for this week is over. We will be back next week to break down, hopefully, a win by the Minnesota Vikings over the Oakland Raiders. Our thanks again to Lincoln Kennedy and Brett Tabor for joining us. Thank you, Chris, for co-producing along with Jay Nelson. I'm Wabi signing off for now. Skull Vikings.